I didn't mind them winning that series against Tampa just because Tampa has been dominating the East for so long that I was just a little bit bored, I guess. L- listen, I said earlier on this year that this was the year Toronto won a round. I know I did not take them when we made our picks, but I did say it. I said this felt like the year Toronto wins a round, and sure enough, hey, they did it. Episode 90 of Off the Rush, the Ryan O'Reilly edition of Off the Rush, the second round bound Ryan O'Reilly edition of Off the Rush. Thanks for getting us where you got us from, whether it was Spotify or Apple. Uh, we are almost into the second round. We're recording this at kind of an inconvenient time. It's Monday and it's nine o'clock Eastern, and New Jersey and New York are also inconveniently tied in a game seven, so we can't even take an educated guess over who's going to play the Carolina, Carolina Hurricanes. It's a pick which is going to make this this podcast a bit of a challenge as we get into the second round of the playoffs. Uh, joining us from Wellington, Ontario, in a suspiciously blue and white hoodie. <laughs> I don't know about that. Alan, Alan, you better be telling the truth that that's not a Leafs hoodie. There is only one public documented piece of evidence that I have ever worn anything Toronto Maple Leafs, and you would have to go digging very, very hard to find such a thing. I'm pretty sure that my skin torches if it touches me these I days. I mean, we're we're related, so I have my sources. Well, listen, it could, for all you know, it could be burned. Although now I say this, if somebody goes digging, they're going to find it because it's pretty, it's not that hard to find, but I'm pretty sure I was coerced into it. I'm gonna drop Francis a line, see if he can help me out. Dude, you you could do it yourself. It's on it's on one of the public social sites. That is a hint. Okay. It's on Alan's OnlyFans. All right, Dave. <laughs> <Treading forward. laughs> yes, Dave. What's up? Joining us from Victoria, the resident scorekeeper of our playoff pool Bonanza. Everyone's brackets are shattered. Uh, I don't even know where to start with you. What is what your leaf prediction about them winning the Stanley Cups? To borrow a phrase from CNN's coverage of elections, they have a pathway to victory with the Bruins out. Oh, my man. And did I not pick Toronto in six games over over uh, Tampa Bay? I think I did. Uh, but I, I'm not convinced that that's more impressive than Ken picking Seattle in seven. Yeah, I think that is Ken, by far the more impressive. Ken swung the for the fences and like absolutely obliterated one like Ken Griffey Jr. in 1997. Yeah. Just like smashed that one out and nobody saw it coming except for Ken. I mean, it it's pretty stunning. Uh, I don't know if it's it's hard to say. That's a great question. Like what what's more surprising because Florida in September like when the season started, if we were like, yeah, Florida's going to beat Boston in the first round of the playoffs, I think we all would have yawned at that and went, yeah, that's definitely possible. Like Florida's got a good team. Boston will have a good team. But like Seattle making the playoffs, I think we all would have laughed. Seattle beating the Stanley Cup champions in the first round of the seven-game series, 
Like no chance for me. I get, I, I feel like that's the most surprising one for sure. Colorado defending Stanley cup champions have arguably the best player in the NHL, the most complete player in Nathan McKinnon. And they're on home ice for game seven and they can't get it done. They upgraded, they upgraded their goaltender in the off season, right? Everybody talked last year, how they didn't have goaltending. And so they upgraded with Georgiev or Georgiev or whatever you want to call him. At the end of the day, you just call him not good enough. Cause he didn't get it done. He no, got outplayed by Philip Grubauer. The who guy has they let been go. Mediocre all year. Yeah. Yeah. They let Philip Grubauer walk away uh, a couple years ago. He comes back and beats them in his old barn. You got to yeah, like with it. a vengeance with a vengeance uh, switching gears to Boston. Um, yeah, Florida wins in overtime, stuns that crowd, might be Patrice Bergeron's last game as a Boston Bruin. Um, do people get fired over this guys? Or do you just kind of shrug your shoulders? Like best regular season ever? Like shit happens? Like where, where do you go from here? Well, I don't think you're going to fire Jim Montgomery when he's in the first year of his contract. Yeah, nor, nor do I think you fire anybody. I mean, like this team was dynamite. And like you said earlier, if they came up against Florida, Florida, you know, at the start of the year, we wouldn't even think twice about it. No. Uh, Florida was terrible for the first 80% of the season. And then they just turned it on and made the playoffs and they came in on a hot streak and they've got a really good team. And so, like, you know, is it that surprising? Not really. Is it just that when you look at these stats and you and you say things like, oh, Boston had the the biggest, you know, the best record of the cap era and there's the biggest difference between the two teams and all this sort of stuff. But if you actually know hockey and you actually know these te- these two teams, it's not that big of an upset. No, 46 points between the two of them. But like, you know, part of it for me is maybe they ran themselves out. Maybe Boston should have paced themselves like Allah Detroit used to and during their runs. Like they might have just ran too hard, too fast for too long. And, and the well was dry. And Florida is a gritty. They're a playoff style team. They're a hard team. Like I think Matthew Kachuk and Sam Bennett just wore down Boston's defense. So so actually a few like a month ago, three weeks ago, when Daddy Kachuk was complaining about the softness mm-hmm. of his son's team. That was the turning point. Like talk about having one moment in a season that changes the dynamic. That was the moment for Florida. And it not just changed Florida. It obviously has changed Boston's outcome also, because I, I honestly think that was, that was the moment they flipped gears. That's the moment they got tougher that's when they started to buckle down and it took an outside force. It wasn't the coach. It wasn't the GM. It wasn't anybody in the room. It was the dad. <laughs> That's crazy. Wow. Matthew, Matthew Kachuk went and grabbed his Florida Panther teammates by the throat and dragged them into the fight against the Boston Bruins and said, we are not going to go easily. No. And he, this was kind of a passing of the torch. Because Brad Marchand so much stirs the drink of the Boston Bruins. When he's going, so are the Bruins. Matthew Kachuk is kind of like the Florida Panthers' Brad Marchand, where he's willing to do whatever, whenever, to get his team going and win. Until he licks a guy. I don't, I don't, I, I don't <laughs> well, agree you with you. You can't, you can't do it in COVID anymore. 
That's like wow. a that's like a season oh, suspension now. That would be it would be a season. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, we'll see what happens because you know it's a long seven game series. I think against. Oh, that's a good segue. Go ahead, Dave. No, we can't. We have to talk about this. You mentioned Brad Marchant, and we talked about Patrice Bergeron, but we didn't talk about the hugs that came after the handshake line in that series. And and uh, and and Bergeron went to the bench and hugged intimately every single member on that team until finally Brad Marchant was the last guy. And that's when Patrice broke down like, you know, eyes in his buddy's shoulder, neck area, you know, like it was just so beautiful. And I tried explaining this to my wife, why the moment was so like just incredible and emotional and important. And like, she just didn't get it. But I think anybody who watched it, anybody who's watched these two players for the last 13 and 20 years, respectively, like, get it. That was just an, an unreal moment. And uh, it was it was it was and, emotional and it was beautiful. It's, and we all agree. We all agree. Like Bergeron's not coming back. No, like, that was his goodbye. It sure looked like it. Yeah. Well, he was questionable to come back this year and he had he was he had some injuries. He's still an, an excellent player, but he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that would want to hang around and be anything less than what he was. And he's kind of flirting with that a little bit now. But we're seeing overall, around the league, we're seeing a changing of the guard. You know, he's kind of in that same era as Jonathan Taves is fading, is is gone. Like, uh, Bergeron's going to retire. Uh, Patrick Kane's not in Chicago anymore. You know, we're kind of in the last probably four or five years, at best, of Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. Like, we're seeing now the Matthew Kachucks, uh, Mitch Marner, like Jack Hughes, Jack Hughes, like Quinn Hughes. Pick your Hughes, brother. Um, you know, of course, Connor <laughs> Luke McDavid. Hughes next year. Yeah, Connor McDavid, Lee Andre Settle. Like we're seeing that next wave. The, the kids aren't the kids anymore. Now they're the guys, and this next generation is going to leave, and then the Connor Bedard generation and the the Fantilli generation is going to come up. But switching gears, keeping with the Florida Panthers. Uh, they're heading to Toronto. Here we go. Round two, Maple Leafs fans. The first time the Maple Leafs have ever played in the second round on high-definition television, which is crazy. Um, and, and here we go. And um, we can tweet about it. And we can tweet at yeah, Twitter. Well, until they, you know, we'll see how Twitter's not doing so well. So that's a that's a story for another day. Um, I'm going to go around the horn. Dave, we know who you're picking, but how many games? Oh yeah, I have to go Toronto. I have to. Yeah. Um, you can't. You can't go. The, you can't go the other way now. No, but oh. you know what though? I'm gonna pick Toronto in seven because I I think Florida's. You know, I think you know. I mentioned that Toronto winning this is gonna catapult them, but you know what? Florida beating Boston could easily catapult them too. So I think this is gonna be a fantastic series. I think it's gonna go the distance, and I'm gonna say Toronto squeaks it out. Uh. I hate to be boring, but I concur. Uh, I think it's going to be seven games, and I think it's going to be the Leafs, and I think it's going to be dramatic and violent. Uh, and I can't really pick between the two teams after what I saw from Florida. It's a it's a toss up, but I think the Leafs will get it done. I think their skill, of, like and the forwards, it'll just be too much for that for that Florida defense, but not without a fight. Uh, Alan, who you got? Good thing you're boring, because I am not. I'm going Florida in seven games. They've got guys like Brandon Montour, Radic, or uh, Gudis there. 
Um, they've got Sam Bennett, Matthew Kachuk. They've got guys that are going to make life hell for players like Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner. This is going to be like completely different from the Tampa Bay series. You had like a 75% Victor Hedman. Eric Cernak never got back. There was really Corey Perry's not really that much of a factor after they couldn't play the fourth line as much because Patrick Maroon is like slower than my dad. Um, and so this series is going to punish Toronto and much like in the past, when a team's gone on a roll, like LA comes to mind, um, when they went on a roll and went on to win the cup, it feels like Florida could do this. It's almost like they're channeling 1996 again with the run that they're on that right now. They got to just shoot a rat. They got to shoot a rat against the wall. There was in game game number six. I think it was, um, I saw a rat come flying out, and I'm like, it's a sign. Oh, boy. Well, Sergei Bobrovsky has found his $11 million game, too, just in time. So he could be a factor as well. Ken. Uh... Oh, 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 can I, can I, I got to guess, before we move on to this. Tavares scoring that goal. Did you, uh, you know, did I was like, there it go. There it is right there. All the money they've spent on him, the entire contract right there. Hate it was worth self. it. Well, it was I, worth no, it. Paid for no itself. No one's yeah. done it, or I haven't seen it. But my first thought was to do a meme of him in the pajamas with the blanket, and then have oh, the, hey. like a bubble, like the dream bubble, and have that highlight because that's like game seven for your hometown. Oh, team. that's yeah. dude. You should make that before somebody steals it from you. That's brilliant. I'm just, I, I'm a great idea guy, but I'm too busy. Um, <laughs> Ken's gonna go Leafs and six. So, Alan, you're on an island picking the Panthers, but I like it. That's fine. Listen, as a Habs fan, I cannot pick Toronto, even if I wanted to, which I do not. Even though, Alan, I just want to point this out you might be the only person on this podcast who has ever had a picture taken of you wearing Toronto Maple Leaf stuff. Until it appears on the Off the Rush Twitter account, this is only hearsay and speculation. <laughs> I'm just saying I've never I've never done that so in my entire existence I have a Leafs jersey from childhood I got a Felix Potvin jersey from my uncle but I don't think there's any photo evidence oh I'm gonna add fire (laughs) and say that I have a signed Felix Potvin jersey well that's different though the cat was amazing he was the coolest leaf of the 90s like let's all yeah i'll agree on that right yeah I had a I had a poster that's true I had a a Patrick Waugh Marty Brodeur they were the French connection of goaltenders in the 90s. I know. Now now all of Canada doesn't have two NHL goalies to scratch together, um, which we've talked about a lot on this show, but it's interesting. It's a massive problem. Moving it over to tossed salads and scrambled eggs, 90 minutes down the I-5 from my front door, the Seattle Kraken. We've talked about at the top of the show, the unlikely opponents of the Dallas Stars. Uh, I picked the Minnesota Wild to beat Dallas, so... I don't want to get burned again. I think that the Cinderella, it's going to, it's going to, the clock's going to hit midnight on Seattle. Dallas really showed us something. They look great against the Minnesota wild. I'm going to go Dallas stars in five. Uh, great effort by Seattle. Plucky little team there, but Robertson, Sagan, Ben and Jake Ottinger, Heiskanen, suitors like turn the clock back. He looks great. They, Dallas looks good, man. I think they're getting the final four. I'm picking the stars in five. Dave, who you got? Well, I'm also going Dallas, uh, but, you know, Seattle by knocking off Colorado, going to game seven makes me think they got a couple of wins in the tank. Uh, but in my other hockey pool, I went heavy on Dallas. And so I'm like, I got to stick with Dallas. 
uh, and I'm going to pick them in six. Um, but I mean, I just got to say this about Seattle. I was so, so impressed with how they uh, responded. And I think it was game four when they, when it was like on the brink where if they had lost that game, Colorado would have been up in the series and it lo- would have looked like it would have really been over. Uh, Seattle has this like effort level and heart that shouldn't be underlooked. Like they really came out to play and they battled and look, they, they won, right? Like they won the whole series. So I, uh, you know, they're, they're a team that, that could definitely take out Dallas as well. I just don't think it's going to happen. Hmm. Yeah. But aren't they just so fun? And I, I hope I'm wrong. Like I kind of want to win this thing, but man, I just love the Seattle, the Seattle Kraken so goddamn much. And and their white jerseys, I think, might be the best white jerseys in the league. Yeah, most teams kind of mail it in with their home, with their road jerseys, and I feel like the Kraken are like right up there, right up there with the Edmonton Oilers, who I also think have a beautiful white jersey. Alan, who do you have? Dallas so, or Seattle? I just want to take I just want to take a second out here to let all of our listeners know about a wicked story with the Seattle Kraken. Start of the playoffs, they call up Kingston kid Ty Karche, undrafted before the Seattle Kraken signed him as a free agent. Goes to the AHL, tears it up. He's the only rookie in the top 30, might even be the top 50. Um, he's the only rookie there. Absolutely torched the league this year. Gets the call up, and in his first NHL game, game five against the Colorado Avalanche, gets his first NHL goal. A well-deserved honor for the kid from Kingston, and it's awesome to see one of the best stories going. And... Not only that, but then Seattle goes and they roll over Colorado in seven games. Who am I taking in this one? Hard for me to bet against Dallas because I took Dallas in the first round just based off of uh, Jason Robertson and crew. Uh, But I love the makeup of Seattle's defense, how they're like big and they're mean and they're like they are. I don't I might be wrong, but I don't think they have a guy under six feet tall. Like it's, it's against the grain. They got big, tall guys who are going to go out and punish you. And then we've talked about it before on here, how they don't have necessarily like a one line, but they've got like maybe three second lines and they've got balance. So I'm going to take Seattle. I'm going to ride the Seattle train. I'm going with Florida over Toronto. I'm going to go in Seattle over Dallas in seven games again. Man, what is happening? What is happening? And Dave Haxtell, like Dave Haxtell, doing a masterful job in, in Seattle right now. Oh, um, when they when they won uh, Game Seven, there, his celebration was so mute, like he uh, he just he just stood there and patiently, so professionally waiting for the Colorado co- coach to come on over, and the rest of his team is just celebrating like crazy, and he was just so so professional so patient you know like he like that, that's a calculate calculated guy contrast right to sheldon keith in toronto and kyle dubas who looked like they just won the friggin' stanley cup oh, yeah, getting, uh, but it was awesome they're getting fitted for rings um <laughs> round round we made it to round two rings that's well, what Ken, it'll say yeah round two first round <laughs> the, banner, the banner the banner in scotia bank place or scotia bank arena is gonna hang and it's gonna say we made it to round two <laughs> yeah they're gonna they're gonna raise it to the rafters uh if you guys remember that uh ken's gonna ride the kraken he's riding the kraken train too he is going kraken over dallas in six hey if it's working for wow. you it's working for you 
Um, Vegas and Edmonton, it kind of feels like, I don't know about you guys, but it feels like this was a collision course. Like whether it was the first round, second round conference finals, we were going to get this series. And I think it's going to be a great series. Like this is okay. going to be like 10, nine games. Yeah. We're going to get some, <laughs> we're going to get some NFL scores. I think in this series, I I, I feel bad for, uh, Rousseau and Skinner. Um, it's going to be like an absolute shootout. Uh, at the end of the day, I think, uh, LA had a better team defensive game plan for Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid than Vegas can muster. I think that Edmonton's going to be just too much offensively for Vegas. Um, it's going to, and Brassois, he had a great series against Winnipeg. This is a different animal. I'm going to go Oilers in six over the, the Vegas Golden Knights. It's Vegas is going to score a lot, but Edmonton's just going to outscore them. They're going to run away. Dave Oilers. Nice. Oh, this this is like this is a hard one for me because I just so desperately want Edmonton to lose. <laughs> and I just I know I just have no I'm like Alan about Toronto. I just don't want to see Edmonton win. But uh I mean they look good and, and their defense looks good and they do have two goalies, so if one falters, they can go to the other. Um, where you look at the Vegas goaltending and it's just not like quite there. But I'm going back and forth here. I mean, Vegas like destroyed Winnipeg, destroyed them. And maybe that has a lot more to say about Winnipeg than it does about Vegas. Um, at the end of the day, I'm going to go with my gut, which is telling me that Edmonton is going to win and they're going to win in six. Wow. Wow. Okay. Um, Alan. So I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like Dave right here where I'm torn on who to pick, but as I look at it and I break it down and then I look at some of the reactions from round one and it feels to me like maybe Connor McDavid's taking this a little more seriously than he has. And there were some comments that he made. I can't remember which game it was, but it was kind of like, He's finally figuring it out on how they can go about taking that next step. Like last year, they made it to the conference finals and lost to Colorado after not having any playoff success. And it feels like they're ready to take that next step this year. So I'm going to take Edmonton in six games just because Vegas does not have the goaltending that they need to contain them. Mm -mm. Uh, Yeah, no, I agree. Um, Let's see what Ken said, but yeah, like I just think that it's the goaltending and just, yeah, McDavid seems a little bit more serious this year. That being said, you know, he might have a leg injury, but um, that's neither here nor there. Uh, Ken agrees. He thinks the Oilers are going to win this in six games. So it's a consensus. It's a consensus. So it's kind of a wash. That series means nothing in the grand scheme of things. And in this game, I got to take I got to take some big swings because I'm pretty sure that my first round predictions out the window. I'm probably at the bottom of our thing here. Well, last but not least, and I left this one for last because I was hoping that we would get at least an inkling of who was going to play Carolina. But we're exactly 10 minutes into the second period of game seven as we're recording this halfway through the hockey game. Zero, zero tie. It's no New New Jersey just scored. New Jersey just scored. Well. I'm rooting for the Rangers for like hockey pool purposes. I did think that because they're at home that the, the the scales would tip in the devil's favor. I'm going to assume that one of these two teams will beat the Carolina Hurricanes. I like both of these teams 
more than the Hurricanes, uh, partially because of, of the defense, mostly because of Shesterkin being better than Ranta. Um, but yeah, if it's the Rangers, I got to go with the cup experience of Patty Kane and Tarasenko, uh, along with Zabinijad and Panarin up front. And if it's the Devils, they're just a plucky young team that plays the right way. They got a hot goalie in there for them. Akira Schmid, love that story. How many people knew this guy before? Yeah. No one. Nobody knew him. And Jack Hughes. I love Jack Hughes. He's my second favorite Hughes brother. NHL interview king right there. Yeah. So I'm going Rangers or Devils in six over Carolina. I I don't know, man. I mean, I I picked Jersey. If we'll all recall, I think I was the only person to pick Jersey. Um, And they had me worried after two games. And they damn well may pull it out. So, you know, you put them up against Carolina. And Carolina has a lot of injuries. You got Lindy Ruff coaching. Oh, man. I mean, you got these kids. These kids like freaking Jack Hughes who seem to have it figured out early like they remind me of a chicago blackhawks like early chicago blackhawks type team and we talked a lot about in the years before colorado won the cup that colorado was gonna win the cup and i really think jersey is the next colorado avalanche type team to win like wow. they're gonna win the cup wow. i really do think jersey's bold gonna win the cup. bold not, not, not this year Boston. not this year but i do think once you have uh luke hughes and uh and the other guy sorry second overall um uh nemich uh yeah nemich yeah, yeah. like i just think this team's gonna win the stand the cup will it be this year no i don't think so and now they oh have- but i do think ah, i'm struggling with this one <laughs> i'm gonna go- if it's Jersey, listen, I'll tell you this. If Jersey makes it on, I think they're going to beat Carolina in six. If the Rangers move on, I think it's going to be Carolina in seven. Okay, mark it down. We'll have to sort through this in the next episode. But, man, that's going to be interesting. Uh, Alan? I'm going Jersey in six games if it's them. Uh, I like the the youth of them and that they I don't feel like they really overexerted themselves in the regular season. They did just enough to to stay relevant and stay near the top. Um and if it's the Rangers, I'm taking Carolina in six games. Hmm. And that pains me as a Habs fan because I want to give them no credit at all. You're still mad, eh, about Chris Kreider hitting Carey Price like 50 years ago. No, well, I like that's a no win situation. Carolina, New York, that's like Toronto playing Boston. I can't pick a team there. I hate them both. <laughs> but I do like, I do like Rod the Bot. I do like Lindy Ruff. Um, and so that's uh, if it's New Jersey, I'm going to go New Jersey in six. If it happens to be the Rangers they get through, I'm going Carolina in six. You're, you're almost, uh, you're almost exactly aligned. For uh, with Ken, Ken's gonna pick the Devils to win in seven. Um, oh no, but he's all he's gonna pick the Rangers in six. He likes he's like me, he likes uh, the opponent more than the Hurricanes. Hurricanes are not getting a whole lot of respect, uh, on this episode, which is kind of funny because they're the only team in the NHL in the last five years to win a playoff round every year. We call that Rod the Bods doing reps for the keys to sustained success. Um, so yeah, that takes care of the second round of the playoffs. 
Uh, Dave, why don't you recap what the round one scores are as they stand right now? Well, I would love to, because as champion two years running, I would just like everybody oh, to know shut that up. <laughs> I am currently in the lead after round one with 21 points. I correctly picked Toronto in six. I was wrong on Boston, but we were all wrong on Boston. I was correct on Carolina in six. So that's four points plus two bonus points for, for being spot on. So six points in total. Um, Vegas, I picked the right team, plus three. Colorado, I was wrong. Edmonton, I was right, spot on. And Dallas, I was right, spot on. Um, Ken is in second place right now, 16 points. Ken went on a run and picked Edmonton, Seattle, and Vegas, all 100% correct. And Carolina, he picked four series, spot on. Uh, but he lost T-Bay, lost Boston, um, lost Minnesota. Uh, that brings us to, so Alan, you were saying that you, you didn't think you were doing so well, right? No, not at all. I don't like, I don't even know how this thing works to be honest with you. I need so, like a roadmap. To oh yeah. 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 Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Come up with the excuses because you were wrong with Tampa Bay, wrong with Boston, wrong with the Islanders, wrong with Winnipeg wrong with Colorado and you were right with Edmonton and Dallas at spot on with Dallas. So you're at minus nine. I'm sorry, buddy. I just, I had to throw you under. Uh, and then Dave, you're in the plus, but you're only at plus one point. So I had a rough uh, first round. <laughs> you had a rough first round wrong with T Bay, wrong with Boston, wrong with the Islanders uh, spot on with Vegas, wrong with Colorado Edmonton. You were right on and right with Dallas. Um, now you so, know why we don't have a bet stamp sponsorship anymore. <laughs> right it's because i never said who i think should win <laughs> uh but yeah so i'm in the lead 21 ken 16 dave one and alan far behind minus nine i thought this was golf i thought this was like the whole point yeah well that's gonna be there'll be a, a grand prize winner and then a green jacket and alan hey. you're gonna get fitted for that green jacket <laughs> Oh, it should be a blue. I don't know. It should be a blue jacket, and it should have maple leaves all over it. I would burn it. You want to know what my brother <laughs> calls me? Speaking of golf, you want to know what my brother calls me now? What he calls he calls me birdie because I'm one ball under. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> he did. Make, oh. it, it did like shock me how many like how many uh, testicle jokes uh, Francis will make in your presence. In a I'm minute. fine with it. I don't care. I know, it's, but it's, <laughs> it's like so funny. We were at mom and dad's one day, and like I was like, "Oh, I'd like to get out on the golf course." Like sometimes, soon he goes, "Hey, birdie!" I go, "What?" And he goes, "Yeah, because you're one ball under." Man, that's rough. Yeah, he's a savage. <laughs> yeah, we well, called it. He called you Uniball. Like within... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I walked into your place for Thanksgiving. It was oh no, it was Easter. It was Easter. Yeah, I walked into your house for Easter. And he's like, and like you were like, hey, what's this? Like, yeah, Uniball stuffing the turkey right now. And I'm like, Uniball. I'm like, Jesus. Yeah. He's right there. He can hear you. And he's like, you're like, I don't, I don't care. Francis, get me a beer. Um, but uh, we've got seven minutes left. Just to recap, we had some breaking news today. Daryl Sutter uh, fired uh, by the Calgary Flames. I don't know. He may have mutually parted ways to pursue a mumble rap career. Um <laughs> Not the most eloquent. <laughs> Huber, Huberdor pretty Mumble much torched rap. him on the way out today, too, by the way, in French media. Oh, really? That what did is... he say? So Huberdor was pretty much like, why would you go out and say that about Peltier and then 
tell him in the locker room he played a good game. And he goes, he goes, it's going to be real good for my career next year when I don't have to worry about him. Mm. Yeah, I think Daryl might have been a little bit too old school for that group. Um, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, I don't think that I don't think I don't see Daryl Sutter coaching again. Alan, do you in the NHL? No, not it? at all. No, I don't He's think too he busy does. with his farm. It's a good day for Hay for the Sutter brothers. Um, other news- I do. I do wonder who takes over, though. Now, like, are they going to bump Kirk Muller into head coach or what? He's due for another look. He's had like he, it's been a while since he's had a top job, and he's had a good run as an assistant of late. Was he? An, was he an assistant in Calgary or an associate? What's the difference? One reports directly to the GM, the other reports to the head coach, and then the head coach reports to the GM. I think it's just a fancy way to get like guys who were worthy of head coaching without having them like leave somewhere. You give them the associate title. Yeah, maybe it'll be, you know, there's lots of guys out there. You know, Mike Yao is floating around. Travis Green's floating around. Bruce, there it is, Boudreaux. I don't think he's the guy in Calgary. Um, I, I think that kind of run and gun offense would be the death of a guy like Jacob Markstrom. But oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. I don't know. I have no idea who it could be somebody that we're not even thinking of. Um, it, also- there's lots of good coaches too in junior like that are worthy of a shot who aren't one of those old boys who've been on the cycle over and over again well for for me I think that you go in that direction like you just had the old school guy in there it didn't work out why not bring in some young blood like that was a disaster for Calgary at the end of the year last year but that's still a good hockey team like at the end of the day that's still a good team and I think they could bounce back with the right man at the helm also next week, uh, the Canucks will win the draft lottery and get Connor or Connor Bedard. That's happening like what next Saturday? A week away. They are not getting him, but you guys can wish as you may. Yes. So actually, I was looking today, and uh, there's an article about the New York Islanders uh, pick that Vancouver would have had, and it turns out now that they've lost, the pick is going to be minimum number 18 overall and potentially could be 17th overall so my question to you guys is the 17th or 18th pick overall worth philip ronick from yes. what i from the limited games i saw when he played after the trade i'd say yes i was very impressed yeah me yeah. too Alan, Alan, i would do it thinking? i would yeah. do it 100 percent. i would do it He's still in his mid-20s. There's, there's so many guys that are so good right now that are going to go in this first round that, like, I'd do it. Like, the way I figure it is, if you picked Philip Ronek 17th overall, that would be a steal, right? That would be a great pick. If you got, like, a, a guy who can play 25 minutes a night and get 40 points and play power play and penalty kill. So, like, why not take the sure thing and just pick yeah. the guy or just trade for the guy? And then you got him. And like yeah, there, his 17th overall pick could also be a bust, right? That's I was just going to say, there. like, Montre- Montreal picked, uh, like, late in the first round. I think it was, like, Louis LeBlanc. And everybody's like, he's going to be the next big thing. And I don't think he ever played a full season in the NHL. The Canucks picked Jake Vertanen, 8th overall. <laughs> Shotgun Jake! 6th overall, my man. Overall. Yeah. And yeah. Oli Olevi, 5th overall. And Matthew Kachuk is just sitting there winning game 7s. Oh. Jake Vertanen spent more time in a criminal courtroom than he did on the first unit of the power play in Vancouver. Ooh-wee. And to that, with, with two minutes to play, I am having a Coors banquet, and uh, that it might explain that joke because it was a little bit offside, but uh, I've had a beer, so there you go. Maybe. I remember my first beer. 
<laughs> what are you drinking then tonight, Alan? Probably another seltzer. No, man, I got into the Miller High Life, but but my friends at Granville Island sent me a little note to say that I got a package on the way. Nice. nice. The champagne of beers. Yes. Game seven calls for the champagne of beers on the beer budget. Nice. Oh, man, we're going to end right now. Get to game seven. It's going to be great. Uh, I am drinking uh, from Victoria Phillips Brewery, the short wave West Coast Pale Ale. And it's super good. I ran into some friends at Home Depot. We decided to come to my backyard and drink beers, but we had to make a pit stop. This is what I've got. I had to kick them out one minute before we started the podcast. Here we are. All right. Well, thanks for listening wherever you got us from. That was Spotify or Apple. This has been episode 90, the second round bound Ryan O'Reilly edition of Off the Rush. Keep your sticks on the ice and let's go Devils? Rangers? I don't know. But either Toronto. way. Toronto. Kraken. Let's go Toronto. What's the first time I've ever said that? Bye, everybody. Bye.